It's time for Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. Presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in for free made-from-scratch food, signature 29-degree draft beers, and all the scenic views. I'm just going to pause while you start drooling. And brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapiton. Now your host of the show, Josh Swanson. Time winds down as we approach ever closer to the FCS playoffs, playoff seedings, the road to Frisco and all that good stuff. But the Bison got to take care of business this afternoon as the herd takes to the road the face Southern Illinois 5-4 and four, fighting for their playoff lives. And the Bison, if they want a shot, at that number two overall seed and home dome field advantage all throughout the playoffs they need to get a win in Carbondale today. If they want to keep alive their shot at clinching a co-share of the Missouri Valley Football Conference Championship, they need to win today. South Dakota State can wrap the Valley up this afternoon. They have Illinois State at the Dyke House at 2 o'clock. Heard has a 1 o'clock kick, and it is snowing. It is snowing in Carbondale, Illinois this morning. Dom Izzo, TV voice of the Bison on Twitter, a few moments ago posted a picture of snow covering vehicles at their hotel. It's a balmy 29 degrees, according to the Weather Channel, in Carbondale, a game-time high of 39 degrees. And if it's snowing right now, and you have moisture on the ground, and the camp around kickoff is going to be hovering in the 30s. What does that tell you, my fellow bison meteorologists? That football might be wet. The weather might come into play today like it did last week in Macomb, Illinois, where it was gusting 40-mile-per-hour winds. Who cares, right? North Dakota State Said, yeah, we'll run the ball 55 times for 453 rushing yards, 21 first downs. Of those 21 first downs, 20 of them came on the ground. Could it be? We've seen this movie before. The last few years, and particularly with Matt Ant's head coach teams and Tyler Roll at the gun is the offensive coordinator. When the Bison have a midseason loss like they did last month to South Dakota State, they they tinker a little bit or maybe simplify the offense. They go to the ground. They turn it over to the big boys up front. I don't know if that's what's going on. There's there's a lot of speculation that that's the case. Coach Entz at press conferences is, is fairly non committal on that. I don't know that they're really simplifying the offense as much as it is North Dakota State responds after tough losses and they tend to get better as the season wears on. For whatever reason, whether that's something in the locker room, whether here it's young guys, especially on that defensive front, after a couple key injuries earlier in the year to one of the most starts and to Jay Cava Shanley product. How about Fargo Shanley ripping the doors off Bismarck Century, 
to clinch a North Dakota State High School Championship in the Dakota Bowl yesterday. Hats off to uh, Velva, Drake, Animus, Garrison. Is that was that is that the co-op, Brad? Velva, Drake, Animus, Garrison. Four towns, no. You got it right. Swan. Four towns. They beat Central Cass in the, the opener. Then it was New Salem, Al- Almont? New Salem, Almont. They, they beat Cavalier in a really, really tight game that went to overtime. Jamestown was tight with Fargo North through about the first two and a half quarters and pulled away. And then in the nightcap, it was Fargo, Shanley, all over Bismarck Century. On the Bison defensive line, you got a couple guys that are they starting to get their feet under them a little bit more? And does it help? Now, you saw Wisniewski, him being back in the lineup, he led the team in tackles in McComb last week with six. You have Logan Kopp, a guy who had a really, really nice game a few weeks ago against Illinois State. He had another nice game. He had an interception. The guy's making plays. When you have a guy like that that leads a team in tackles or is all over the place like Kopp was two weeks ago, and then last week he's coming up with an interception against Western Illinois. He's making plays. That's good for the Bison linebacking core to build some depth, especially facing a quarterback like Nick Baker for the Salukis this afternoon. He is slippery. He's elusive. He is short. But that dude just has a propensity to make some plays. He's completing 70% of his passes on the year, averaging 250 yards through the air per contest and 16 touchdowns. Now, when you watch them, it's a real fluky thing. I watched their game cover to cover against South Dakota against the Coyotes a couple weeks ago where they lost. Southern Illinois was one of the hottest teams in the FCS through three weeks ago. Through three weeks ago, they're 5-2, and 4-0 and in the Valley after a rough start where Incarnate Word just beat the tar out of them in the opener and they gave up 69 points. But then they caught fire and they went on a mini tear. Now they've dropped two in a row, two close ones, to USD 27-24. to And then they dropped to UNI two weeks ago, 37-36. to They faced the herd coming off a bye week. They're a very well-coached team. But you watch some of their games, and this Nick Baker dude, very, very top, topsy-turvy is probably not the right word. He makes some plays. He can get around. He's elusive. He can bust out of the pocket, run, or, run for 10 or 15 yards, kind of like Ronowski for South Dakota State. Then you look at some of the things he does, and his, his. I know a lot's been made this week about his launch angles and how he throws the ball at different points. Some of it looks like hot garbage. He's got this kind of slingshot thing where he's kind of short-arming it and slinging it. NDSU's defensive backs, pass defense, the Bison are third in the country. This is one of the best pass defenses North Dakota State has ever had. They had four, four interceptions against Western Illinois last week. Marquis Siegel, the Omaha product, had a pick six. Cop, the linebacker, had a pick that we just talked about. Courtney Eubanks had an interception, and Anthony Coleman, one of the young D-backs, had an interception. And if that ball's wet, if it's snowing, which it is this morning in Carbondale, and the field is wet and the ball is wet, that makes it tough to throw the football with a lot of accuracy. Now, if it's dry by game time, that's a different story. But if they're getting one to three inches, are the reports on uh, the weatherchannel.com. I don't have two, too tall Tom Shemansky. Let's wake up too tall. Give him a call and get the weather report from Carbondale. But according to the Weather Channel app, there's up to three inches 
of the white stuff on the ground in Carbondale, I don't know that they're used to, to playing in that stuff. And when you're a ground-and-pound offense, and we talked about it last week. We had Adam Pelcheski on the show, and we talked about how with, with wind conditions like that, in theory, yeah, so much for theories, right? In theory, it makes it harder to run the ball because you're one-dimensional. If a team knows, if a defense knows that the weather is prohibiting you from doing any sort of passing, then it's easier for them to stack the box with eight or nine guys and play the run. So much for that. North Dakota State, 55 rush attempts for 453 yards. That game was over in the first five minutes after Colby Johnson on like the third play of the game trucked in a touchdown. Then a couple plays later, the Bison get the ball back after uh, defending a fake punt. And then they roll in another touchdown to Merrick Williams with a 25-yarder on the heels of Kobe Johnson's 47-yarder, and the route was on. Western Illinois was never in that contest, and the Bison offensive line just took that over. To Merrick Williams, we heard that he's finally healthy, 12 touches for a buck 20 and two scores. T.K. Marshall, the junior from Minneapolis, that dude's got some wheels. He's got a different gear. He showed that when he busted that. Long touchdown runoff in the second half against uh, against the Leathernecks. It was, uh, boy, I'm trying to find it here. 65-yard run early in the fourth quarter. 65 yards around the edge. He was gone to daylight, finished with six for a buck 18, two scores. And Kobe Johnson added 13 carries for 91 yards and a score. And there we could talk about Hunter Lipke, the Bison again. I think he's fine. You just don't why why put a lot of tread on the tires in a game like that when you don't have to. When you've got Southern Illinois coming up today in a game you need to win to try to get home field advantage, you're gonna have a nut cutter next week against North Dakota against the Fighting Hawks at the Fargo Dome. And on top of the say the Bison win out, and we'll talk about that later here on Heard It Here with Swanee, brought to you by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors of Wapaton. Even if the Bison get the number four seed meaning that if Chalk plays out and, let's say, Sac State gets the one, South Dakota State gets the two, Montana State wins today, then beats Montana in the Battle of the Wild next week, so Montana State gets that three. North Dakota State, if Chalk holds, is going to have to go on the road to Sacramento for a semifinal game. After this week's weather in North Dakota, Bison fans, how many of you would be awfully happy in mid-December, the week before Christmas, to jump on an airplane to Sacramento, California. I know I would. I think the Bison would have no problems with that. I think the Bison would like that matchup. I watched it uh, down in Sioux Falls last week for my brother-in-law's 40th. We watched a lot of football. We watched the Sacramento State-Weber State game during the day. Sacramento State... it's tough to know what to make of them. I watched them in just the eyeball test. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they drop in the second round. Well, not the second round, the quarterfinals. It would not surprise me if they went down in the quarterfinals. I don't think they're a juggernaut. I don't think they're the be- I don't think they're better than South Dakota State. Having watched North Dakota State play South Dakota State in the dome, having watched SDSU play four or five times this year, and having watched Sac State play twice, I think South Dakota State right now. Hey, they beat the Bison in the Dome. They're the best team in the country until somebody beats them. But even if North Dakota State, Chuck holds, they get the four seed. You get that bye week. 
And then you can get ready for a playoff run where you're going to need backs like Hunter Lipke and Tamaric Williams and Kobe Johnson and TK Marshall. So there was no need to put a bunch of miles on Hunter Lipke's tires last week. Does that change today? I think so. I think so because Southern Illinois, despite their 5-4 and four record, 4-2 four and two in the Valley, they are a good football team. They beat Northwestern of the Big Ten earlier this year. They're putting up 30 points per contest. They're giving up 27. You want the stat that jumps out to me looking up and down the stat sheet here. It's the fact that as far as scoring defense goes, Southern Illinois is 56th in the country. You remember that South Dakota team that the Bison with two minutes left in the first half, they decided, hey, let's turn the ball over a few times. Let's let USD back into this game. They get into halftime. There's no panic. They come out, and I think they shut out USD 24-0 in the second half, if memory serves correct. Watching that game start to finish, Southern Illinois was not the better football team in that game, whether they had an off day, whether USD played above their skis for a day, but they were two evenly matched teams. Watching all the matchups in that contest, including Nick Baker versus USD's defense, they were two very evenly matched football teams. Now, yes, going on the road is tough. Yes, Southern Illinois has had a bye week and two weeks to prepare for North Dakota State. North Dakota State's a better football team. If the Bison show up and do what they've done the last two weeks, do what they did two Saturdays ago against Illinois State, do what they did last week against Western Illinois, the Bison are going to be in good shape today. And Southern Illinois is not going to catch the Bison sleeping. I say that because there are a lot of guys on this roster who remember being down in Carbondale in that wonky spring of 2020 season when COVID was going on. The Bison rolled in, got off the buses, thinking they were just going to kick the Salukis in the proverbial beanbags, and the Salukis did just the opposite to them. That memory was fresh in the herd's mind last year in the second round of the FCS playoffs when the Bison absolutely pummeled. I mean, they just took it to Southern Illinois in the Fargo Dome last December to a tune of a 38-7 victory. The coaches also know that Nick Baker has been around a long time, one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the Valley, and he's got the Cox brothers, Avante and Deontay, who are two pretty solid receivers in their own right. One, Avante, with 41 catches on the year, seven scores. Deontay, with 37 catches on the year, they're both hovering around 500 and 30 yards receiving. They're fast, but, 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 what's the strength of this Bison defense? It's that secondary. And when you have young guys like Marcus Siegel starting to step up, very highly recruited, touted guy coming in from Omaha, when you have guys like him making plays along with your Talberts and Tutsies of the world, that's a great sign for North Dakota State. So I think the Bison, defensively, I would like to see us get some pressure on the quarterback. I think you need to put, that's what they did to Baker last year in the Fargo Dome. That dude didn't have time to breathe. He didn't have time to do anything in that second round 
playoff contest. In that game, he finished 23-32 for 220 yards. The Bison sacked him three times. Sacked him three times. The Herd, that contest, rushed the ball 62 times against Southern Illinois in the second round of last year's FCS playoffs. The Bison rushed the ball 62 times for 389 yards in five touchdowns. Do you want to know, Bison fans, what the game plan is today in Carbondale, Illinois from the Herd? It is right there. It's the Rams. It's that multifaceted rushing attack where I expect North Dakota State is going to go all after Southern Illinois up front. As far as rushing defense goes, Southern Illinois is pretty good. They're top 10 in the FCS. They're ninth in the country, allowing just over 100 yards per contest. Only three teams have run the ball for over 100 yards this year against the Salukis. One of those teams who probably mirrors North Dakota State the most, South Dakota State, they put up 205. Northwestern of the Big Ten, and you and I were the only other two schools this fall that have rushed for more than 100 yards against Southern Illinois. There's your matchup of the game. NDSU's Rams taking on the front seven defense for the Salukis. I think the Bison, the way they're running the ball, how they're playing right now. I know they only passed the ball. It was last week's stat line. The Bison were 3-5 passing, 3-5 with an interception, 27 total yards. When you're running the ball like the herd was for 453, don't need to pass the ball a whole bunch. It, re- it reminded me my first ever Bison game, the Division II playoffs, quarterfinals, December 1990, Maybe late November 1990 at Dakota Field, the Bison were playing Cal Poly. They finished that contest 1-4 passing. I think the Bison probably need to throw it more than four or five times today. I think Southern Illinois' front seven is better than Western Illinois' front seven. But I think, I think the Bison are going to put up over 200 yards rushing. I think they're going to beat what South Dakota State did, and I think the herd comes away with the W. And we'll get into that and tell you all the reasons why it's not rocket science. Folks, I just really like this Bison offensive line and the way they're playing lately, and the statistics back that up. We'll get into that next on Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM, The Fan. Green and yellow colors, bright. To them we will be true state bison. How many other bison talking head dudes? Now admittedly in the rank of talking head dudes for North Dakota State, I am way down on the totem pole. But how many others? Talking to you, Jeff Colpack. Talking to you, Rob Hip, can sing the bison fight song off the top of their head like that. Yeah, that's what Heard It Here with Swanee brings to the table here on 740 AM. The fan presented by Twin Peaks, your local sports lodge. Come in. Made from scratch food, signature 29 draft beers, and all the scenic views. At this time of the year, as the weather turns colder, I'll give you a little bit of Swanee personal advice. You got to vary your beer consumption. I always drink in moderation. But the flavors you're drinking as the weather gets colder, I like to go to some staples, some broken rudder from Drecker. That is a great one. 
Oktoberfest, yeah, they're a little bit out of season, but if you got some places, you can always find a good deal somewhere in town. You're watching the Bison game at a place. Ask them if they got any Oktoberfest left because a lot of times they're trying to get rid of that stuff. They might have a sale on it, try to talk them into a two-for-one. Yeah, you can bring that. That's some veteran experience that I'm bringing you. And then Shiner Cheer Beer. If you're looking for something, now, when you read the description, it sounds absolutely gross. The first time we saw it, must have been four or five years ago. Libby and I were picking up some holiday libations, and she saw this cheer beer and thought, oh, it's something fun. It's just a six-pack. It's festive. It's Christmassy, so let's try it. And she brings it home, and I read the label. I'm like, pecan? I'm like, I can't even eat pecan pie, and I'm going to drink a beer that has pecans in the label. It is delicious. It is a very good holiday type of beverage as Thanksgiving's getting closer. You can find that all around town. Turn on the fireplace, crank up the heat. you got a great slate of college football on tap and around the valley today, starting South Dakota at North Dakota at the Alaris at noon. UND fighting for their playoff lives, entering the game 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the valley. If they win, they move to 7-3, and three, setting up a showdown with North Dakota State. And they're playing Coach Bubba and his boys. They're playing for a shot at a bye in a top eight seed because if they can finish out eight and three and have a win under North Dakota State, that committee is going to give them a bye. They got so they got to beat South Dakota first. The coach Nielsen, they're they're they uh, they're starting to play a little bit better. They beat Missouri State. Everybody's beating Missouri State this year. They came in top five. Bobby the Shark Petrino, top five. I I thought last year in the playoffs, I bought in to the hype and said, hey, this this Missouri State team, the way they played us in Fargo, QP2 was a quarterback, Missouri State jumped out to that lead, Cam Miller comes in, a couple touchdown passes to uh, Christian Watson, and Phoenix Sproles takes that game out of the fire. Needed that one to, to get a top two seed and get home field advantage. I thought, but yeah, this, this Shelly dude from Missouri State, he's a real deal, he's legit. They are such a, uh, a poser, an imposter, they're three and six on the year, but USD beat them, and, and Shelley still is a good quarterback. I think that team, they've just given up. They've cashed it in. South Dakota State is not a slouch. I know their record three and six overall. They're going to come in there and they're going to give UND a dogfight. I still think uh, UND wins that one. Indiana State at Western Illinois in a battle of the one and 17s. I say that because the combined record of Indiana State and Western Illinois is one and 17. And hopefully Western Illinois, some good folks there. They're trying to rebuild things. They can get off the snide and get a win. That's a 1 o'clock kick. NDSU at the Salukis in Carbondale, 1 o'clock kick. Illinois State, maybe the game of the week in the Valley outside of NDSU, Southern Illinois, to keep an eye on. Illinois State, their starting quarterback, that cat that transferred in from Minnesota, he's out with a shoulder separation for the second straight week. They're overmanned. As much as I'd like to say Illinois State's got a shot at South Dakota State, South Dakota State hung on for a really nice win at the Unidome last week. The Unidome's a tough place to play. Final play of the game. It's a tie ball game. I think it was 24-24. No, it was 28-28. SDSU's lining up for the game-winning kick. UNI gets called for a leaping penalty. Someone leaped. They jumped and tried to climb the pile. They showed the replay. Pretty dubious, if you ask me. South Dakota State missed the first field goal attempt. But because of the penalty, they move the ball five yards closer. They re-kick. They make it. They win. 
31-28 to rather than going into overtime. This South Dakota State team, uh, they really – and they do. That's what's so interesting about them. They, they're they not this juggernaut, right? They're a good team. They beat North Dakota State, hats off. You watch them, they have moments of a football game where they look really, really good. They look like the number one team in the country. Then they have good chunks of a football game where they do not look like the number one team. Grinowski does not look the same this year that he did during that spring season when he kind of caught everybody by surprise and he was healthy. I just don't see it. South Dakota State could go out there and lay a turd burger and Illinois State with a backup quarterback. I think South Dakota State rolls in that game. They're playing for a number one, number two overall seed for home field advantage and for an outright Valley Conference championship. You know, Coach Stigemeyer has got that in his guys' ears. You want no part of sharing this. Let's go out and be outright Valley champs. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to coaches. It's a big deal to players in the locker room. I think South Dakota State rolls against Illinois State and Youngstown State, who's a sneaky good, sneaky good team. Both NDSU and UND have beat Youngstown State, but those are the only two conference losses that the Penguins have on the year. They're a very quiet six and three and four and two in the valley. Youngstown State beats Missouri State today. I think they punch a playoff ticket regardless of what happens with them next week when they host Southern Illinois. I think Youngstown State gets to seven and three, five and two in the valley. They get that fifth valley win. I think that gets them into the playoffs. I think right now SDSU and North Dakota State are in, and, and Brad and I were talking before the show. There, there seems to be a lot of talk out there about only three Valley teams getting in. I think four are going to get in. You have a 24-team playoff field. You have a 24-team playoff field. And if you look around at the CAA and the Big Sky, with what the Valley has done historically, I think that's entitled to some deference. With North Dakota State winning nine of the last 11 FCS titles, And with South Dakota State making regular runs deep into the playoffs, I think that league is entitled to some credit. I think the Valley has earned it. I think if you're seven and four in the Valley, you belong in the playoffs over some seven and four or eight and three team from the CAA or the Big Sky Conference. We'll find out next Sunday. It's only a week away, folks. Selection Sunday is only one week away. So we're going to find out about the playoff bracket and what it looks like in eight days. And I was going to get in this segment into that matchup between Southern Illinois' front seven and North Dakota State's offensive line because with the weather today, it's going to come down to who's able to run the ball, who's able to control the line of scrimmage. If you got three inches of snow, even if that stuff does melt and the field's not white, it will be wet. Because at a kickoff of 32, 35 degrees at game time, that moisture, it ain't evaporating. That ball is going to be slippery. So both teams are going to have to try to establish the run. And with Southern Illinois rushing, NDSU rush offense, fourth in the country. Southern Illinois, 81st. The herd is rambling in at 263 yards per contest. Southern Illinois, on the other hand, passes the ball a lot more then they run it. They're only putting up a buck twenty-eight on the ground per game. So we will finally, after teasing it after uh, or before the last break, I'll tease it one more time when we come back on Heard It Here with Swanee on seven forty a.m. The fan. We'll talk about some of the specific individuals that will make a difference and impact on the front seven in today's contest. So stick around. 
State Collegiates are we. I love I love this music, Brad. We got to let this one roll for a, for a little bit. And we'll fight. And we'll win. And we'll go to Chubbs afterwards. Cheer for the bison. Cheer for the bison. Oh, loving it. You're listening to Heard It Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan presented by Peterman Seeds of Holly and Smith Motors in Wapaton. Up front, the Salukis, they purport. They tell you they're, they're tough sons of guns. Strong on the defensive line with the number four nationally ranked team in sacks per contest. They've got 3.56 sacks per game. Well, North Dakota State isn't a team that's going to drop back to throw the ball 40 times. So eh, I don't know if that's going to come into play a whole lot today. They're number ninth in the country in rush defense. They're only giving up 100 yards per contest. So field position, as in where you're starting and ending drives and taking care of the ball, taking care of the football is always at a premium, especially late in the year. When both teams are really, really good up front and neither team's really being able to move the ball, what matters? Field position. What matters? Turnovers and giving your offense a short field. We saw North Dakota State do that beautifully the last few weeks against Illinois State and Western Illinois. Now we got another Illinois team. Southern Illinois. Saluki sophomore defensive end Richie Haggerty leads the Salukis and ranks second in the Missouri Valley with 6.5 sacks. And as I mentioned and alluded to earlier in the program, only three of SIU's first nine opponents have rushed for more than 100 yards. North, Northern Iowa put up a buck 31 on them. Northwestern in the Big Ten put up 167. And South Dakota, South Dakota, I had said South Dakota State earlier. That was wrong. South Dakota put up 205. That makes me feel even better about today. If South Dakota can run the ball for 205 yards against you, give me Cody Mock and the big boys up front, Hunter Lipke, Tameric Williams, Colby Johnson, and TK Marshall. Hey, buys them by 30, Brad. This game's done. If you're giving up 205 to the Coyotes, to South Dakota, whose offense is about as threatening as a kitten, 205, North Dakota State, who rushed for 453 yards against Western Illinois, I feel a lot better because I can read now. I saw South Dakota, and I assumed, I assumed it made an ass out of you and me, fine listener, that it was South Dakota State that put up 205 on the Salukis. It was South Dakota, the Yotes, when the Salukis went down there and lost the contest in Carbondale earlier, or excuse me, that game was in uh, Vermilion that they lost. During that game, Nick Baker, 28-43 for a buck 90. How threatening is the Salukis' rushing attack? 36 carries for a buck 71 against South Dakota. They had to throw the ball 43 times against South Dakota and only mustered 190 yards passing in 43 attempts. I'm pretty bullish on this game now, quite honestly. I know you can talk about how, well, in the spring they laid one on two years ago in Carbondale against the Herd, and they beat Northwestern earlier this year in blah, blah, blah. When you have to throw the ball 43 times against South Dakota for a buck 90, 
and you give up 200-plus on the ground against South Dakota, I think North Dakota State's going to have a good football day. I'm feeling really good about that now that I read that note correctly from my chicken scratch. So uh, all, all kidding aside, they when you're only allowing three teams to run for that, hey, you can play some defense up front. But North Dakota State's a different contest. Southern Illinois, respectfully, Incarnate Word, who they lost to 64-29 to open the year, Southeast Missouri, who they lost to, North Dakota, Illinois State, Missouri State, South Dakota, and UNI, they haven't faced a South Dakota State. They haven't faced a North Dakota State. No team on this roster. And statistics, there's a big enough sample size at this point in the season as we're a week or so out from Thanksgiving and Selection Sunday where you can get a pretty good feel for for what a team is and what they're not. But you take a look at the teams that Southern Illinois has played and beat, 19-14 to against Illinois State, 38-21 against Missouri State, 30-7 to win. All those Illinois State, Missouri State, Western Illinois wins dropping their last two, 27-24 to the Yotes, and then 37-36 to UNI. I don't see a South Dakota State up there. Even a Youngstown State, they play Youngstown State next week. Youngstown State, to me, outside of South Dakota State, and, and put a, put Arizona to the side, I'm talking Missouri Valley teams, Youngstown State has probably been the second-best team in the Valley that the Bison have played all year. I don't think Illinois, uh, Southern Illinois has faced anybody with a ground attack like North Dakota State, where you've got those big boys up front like Cody Mock. Just go up and down the depth chart for North Dakota State. Let's do a little thought experiment. Take a look at North Dakota State's two-deep roster on the offensive line. You know what you haven't faced? Saluki, Land, Cody Mock, 303, left tackle. Nash Jensen, left guard, 329. Brandon Westberg, center, 286. Jake Kubis, right guard, 304. Mason Miller, right tackle, 296. Tight ends like Stoffel and Hofstad, both pushing 240. You haven't faced these wide receivers that can block like they do, and you sure haven't faced a backfield quartet like Lipke, the firm of Lipke, Brozio, Johnson, Williams, and Marshall. And you throw in Dom Ganella. I don't know what his situation is. He got that personal foul Late in the contest, I got a lot of texts about that. The Bison are up at like 35 points at that point. It's on the sideline, and he gets in a guy's face and starts running his mouth. He gets flagged. Sometimes sometimes you watch Canella, and he has some really, really nice runs. And other times, you're like, where has that dude been this year? Is he playing completely healthy? Because he's kind of, I don't want to say an afterthought in this crowded Bison backfield, but when he was healthy a few years ago, he was a dude. He was a beast. Now you get these kind of silly personal foul penalties. It would be great to see him get into the end zone today. Hopefully he can get back on track. I don't know what's going on there. My point being, Southern Illinois, that that seems to be the statistic this year that everybody's throwing out. The Bison defense is allowed to five, six teams to rush for 100 yards. Whatever For whatever reason, that's the measuring stick. It's the Missouri Valley, so it's a pretty good gauge of where you're at, at least up front, and that's where games are won and lost. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But it's the hot, the hot to trot, sexy stat, rushing for or allowing 100 yards in a contest on the ground. Southern Illinois, when we ran through the list of all their opponents, has not faced an offensive front where the average weight is plus 300 pounds. And we're not talking a, a jiggly, wiggly 300 pounds. 
you're talking about some dudes who pack it on with crazy athleticism that can launch off that ball faster than you and I can without weighing 300 pounds, and they get after you, and they like to hit you, and they like to hit you again, and they like to hit you again. I think the Bison are going to be just fine, just fine against Southern Illinois. Come out, establish some momentum early, get the run game going. I'm going to keep an eye on that. If you're giving up, and I watched that game. I know I've said it a couple times this morning. I watched that contest against South Dakota, and they did have success. Southern Illinois jumped up early. I think it was 10-0 in that game, and then USD came roaring back. I remember watching that South Dakota game, and I remember what NDSU did. Do you remember that? Fans, buys the nation that second half. Lupke for 6, Lupke for 12, Lupke for 13. It was the fourth quarter. Bison are up 10 or 14, trying to salt the game away. Everyone in the Dakota Dome knew Hunter Lipke was getting the football. And he still rushed for six or seven yards. And the Bison passing attack is a lot better today than it was then, although with the weather conditions, I don't know that either team is going to be able to throw the ball. Who is that going to favor? It's going to favor North Dakota State. If if they take care of the ball, take care of the football. You have to take care of the football. Don't turn it over. Take care of the football. If the Bison take care of the football, they're going to be just fine because they're the better team up front. They're the team that's better at rushing the ball. Now, I know you can talk about the the numbers over the course of, what, nine, nine contests. We're nine games in. Each team has played nine games. Yeah, Southern Illinois is ninth in the country in rush D. Yeah, they're number four in sacks per game, 3.56. NDSU, the Rams. This is one of the best offensive lines in college football. This is arguably one of the best offensive lines North Dakota State has ever had, and I think that's lost in the shuffle. The Bison are rushing for 263 yards per game. The fact they're 7-2, and two, number four in the country. I don't know if some fans are disengaged or, or what. Playoffs are coming coming up fast. Hopefully they'll tune in. This buys an offensive line, top to bottom, is one of the best they've ever had. You had a dude in Cody Malk who's going to be a top three-round NFL draft pick. Him and Hunter Lipke just got invited to the Reese's Senior Bowl, the premier all-star game in college football. Jim Nagy and his team were in town last week hand-delivering those invitations. you got two senior bowlers, part of the same ground attack. The Rams are third in the country in fewest sacks per game. Cam Miller has been very efficient with the ball, completing almost 70% of his passes on the year. He's not getting sacked when he's going back to throw the ball. The Bison are third in the country in fewest sacks, only giving up .67, .67 sacks per contest. They're number one. North Dakota State is number one in the country as far as giving up negative plays and tackles for loss. They're only giving up three of those per game. Only three of them per game. And on third down offense, which is very telling, I think offensively, what are the metrics? You want to know how good a team is and what they're doing on offense? Take a look at the third down conversion rate because that tells you do they have a quarterback and do they have an offensive line that is able to convert in third downs. The Bison are third in the country in third-down offense, converting 54% of their third-down attempts. What does that tell you? 
Tells you the Bison are in third and short quite a bit. And even when they're not, Cam Miller has been okay. That's one area he's been better this year, and he's played really well. The one area that he steps at some point this year, at some point this year it's going to be the fourth quarter like it was against South Dakota State. The Bison are going to be down a field goal or less or down a touchdown, and they need a score to tie or win late in the fourth. Cam Miller is going to need to convert on a third or fourth down. We're not going to have, I don't think that's the case today. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there while we're talking about it. But the Bison, when you're converting 54% of your attempts on third down, I would suspect the average third down distance for the herd this year is less than third and four. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. So you can talk about that Saluki front, which a lot of folks out there want to do. because you have to talk about something going into a contest like this. I really like the Bison up front today. I really do. We'll get to game day predictions coming up next. And I'm going to tell you what I think will be the final score as the Bison march toward the road to Frisco this fall. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 AM. The Fan. Selection Sunday, only eight days away as we come down the home stretch and see how many Missouri Valley football conference teams can get into the playoffs and how many of them can get that all-important bye Thanksgiving weekend. North Dakota State need to take care of business today if you want to lock up a seed. You take care of business if you're the Bison. We'll talk more next week. We'll get uh, Sam Herter or Craig Haley or somebody on to talk about potential seeds and implications. There was a really good Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader down in Sioux Falls. We have Matt on every year a time or two. He had a really good column about this. If you're South Dakota State, do you really want that number one overall seed? Because if you get it and Chalk holds and the Jacks win today, they don't play next week. They got a bye next week. And that's also interesting to me that they've elected. They win today. They're going to get a bye before the playoffs. And then they're going to get a bye next week because that's their regular season bye week, the last week of the regular season. And I don't know if Coach Stake thought, hey, well, we've kind of let it slide down the leg a few times the last few years, and we haven't gotten, especially last year, they didn't get that all-important first-round bye, and they ran out of gas. They were better than Montana State. South Dakota State ran out of gas by the time they got to Bozeman for that semifinal game. I don't know if his scheduling this year was a product of, hey, let's build in a week of cushion in case we have to play the first round. But you're coming off of two weeks without playing. Are they going to be a little bit rusty? I don't know. But Zimmer's column, the point was this. If you're the number one overall seed and chalk holds, chances are North Dakota State is going to be the four seed. And you're going to have to play North Dakota State in a semifinal game. And even though you've beat them once, North Dakota State made a lot of mistakes that game to let South Dakota State win. Now South Dakota State took advantage of them. That'll be a story if that contest ever materializes. But I'll tell you this, John Stigemeyer probably wants to see somebody other than North Dakota State on his side of the bracket. Why wouldn't you? Because outside, if you're anybody, and you take a look at the bracket and what North Dakota State does, not just historically, but this year, a big offensive line that beats crap out of you, a running back backfield that can just truck you, and a really, really good a defense that's getting better, really good on the back end on pass defense, getting better up front. Ever since that South Dakota State game, the last two games, rush defense, NDSU has actually been really, really solid. So you don't want to see North Dakota State on the same side of your bracket. Now, the Bison players, do they want to play South Dakota State again? I think guys in the locker room, they don't care. They're on a mission. 
I think they'll play anybody you put in front of them on the road to Frisco. And I think if you, as a coaching staff and team, get caught looking ahead to potential matchups in the playoffs, I think that's when you lose. I think that's why North Dakota State is so cliche, the one game at a time. We're 0-0 zero zero this week. We want to go 1-0. and oh. That's why the Bison have been able to win nine of the last 11 FCS titles, because it's so true. You can't take the next week mindset. you got to focus on the here and now. Focusing on the here and now then. Southern Illinois. We've talked a lot about defense, but we got to put a note in there. We only have an hour of time. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. He'll recap UND's hockey weekend against Denver up at the Ralph. Tough one last night. They got him again tonight at 6 o'clock. Both these teams offensively, the Bison and Southern Illinois, putting up 30 points per contest. That's a lot for a team. North Dakota State, you're, you're scoring 35 a game. You don't have a pass-happy offense with five wide receivers chucking it around 40, 50 times a game. Your old school 1980s football, 45, 50 rush attempts. If North Dakota State, that's the magic number. Let's put it at 38. If the Bison can run the ball at least 38 times today, they'll be successful. Now, with the weather, they might not have a choice. With the weather, both teams might be forced to run the ball 45, 50 times. Inherently, that favors the Bison because on the year, Southern Illinois. They are rushing offense. They're 81st in the country. North Dakota State is fourth. The Salukis are putting up 127 yards per game on the ground. The Bison are putting up 263. And over a course of a game, give me the Rams. Because it's not just those starters we talked about earlier today, those 300-pound-plus dudes like Cody Mock. They've got depth. They've got guys like Zabel that can come off the bench. They've got guys like LaSalento that can come off the bench. Jake Rock that can come off the bench. They have dudes that they can bring in there. I don't know that Southern Illinois has that. So I think North Dakota State, they got to take care of the ball, though. In a bad weather game, potentially, where it's in the 30s, you got the three inches of snow down there, the field is wet. That is the key. We saw that against Indiana State, where if you look at the statistics, covered up the scores and just looked at yards gained and took out the turnovers, you'd say, boy, the Bison by, I don't know, 24, 28 points in that game. They turned the ball over. They fumbled the ball three or four times, allowing Indiana State to stay in the contest. If the Bison take care of the ball, I think they're going to win comfortably in a 34-14 kind of game. If they don't take care of the football, then we're looking at Indiana State all over again because there is a quarterback in Nick Baker who's been there, done that. that you You can talk about his unorthodox style and everything else, but they like to throw the ball. And if they're forced to run, I think NDSU's defense, they're not going to give up more than 20 in the in the game unless the offense puts them in poor negative field position. Now, the last few weeks, they had a turnover through the interception against Western Illinois. That really didn't matter. The Bison walking away with a 56-17 win in that contest, running the ball as they did. Western Illinois turns the ball over four times. The Bison need to play a clean game. They need to take care of the football. They need to limit the penalties, and they need to convert on their opportunities in the red zone. If they do that, Bison Nation, the Herd's coming back here 8-2 and two overall, 6-1 and one in the league. They'll have punched a playoff ticket, and it sets up Travis Dunn coming up next around the rink. Fighting Hawks versus North Dakota State next week in the Fargo Dome. That game will be a contest, especially if UND can take down South Dakota this weekend. Both teams, well, UND fighting for their playoff lives, NDSU, fighting for seeding and a bye. But that is going to be one heck of a contest before Thanksgiving at the Fargo Dome. 
You want a prediction? Here it is. North Dakota State today, 42. Putting up 42, baby. 42 to 21. Thank you to Peterman Seeds of Holly, Smith Motors of Wapaton, and Twin Peaks. Stick around for Around the Rink with Travis Dunn. I'm Josh Swanson reminding you the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. Uh,